Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Daily Sports Talk Show. No one has now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Yo, 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 welcome in. Duana's now. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. This is your one-stop shop for all things sports all the way around the great state of Montana. Thanks so much for tuning in. I am Coulter Nuanas, broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Want to listen to the show online on all your mobile devices, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live. You can stream ESPN Radio any time of the day, 365 days a year. You can also... Chime into the show by giving us a call or shooting us a text, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. You're going to need that number to win yourself some wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill in here about 45 minutes. It is a wing at Wednesday, presented by the Despo. So please stay tuned for when I prompt you to get a basket of the wings that are the best wings in the city of Missoula in the state of Montana. 
You can also hit us up on YouTube, N-U-A-N-E-Z. We'll get you there. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll give you an update on our fall giveaway uh, here in just a little bit. But we got to get rolling today because we got Jam 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 Packed Show today. We're going to hear right off the top from Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television, talking all things sports, heavy on the Grizz and college game day, but also a little work. A uh, little World Series and also little workout tips from the main man, Sean. Also, this week on the Montana State Minute, Alex Eshelman has been doing an awesome job for us here, SWX Montana reporter. But uh, long story short, my participation in the press conference on Monday was cut short because it went a little long, and then Willie Patterson had to go right after Brent Vegan from the Montana State side of things. Coach Vegan, gracious enough to give me a one-on-one. So Alex off the hook for the week. Brent Vegan will join us here for the Montana State Minute this week. And then our Wing It Wednesday, instead of fantasy football advice, we need to start doing some of these season recaps for some of the high school football teams around the state, including the ones here in Missoula. So we'll hear from Mick Morris, Missoula Hellgate coach, to wrap up Hour 1. Hour 2, excited about this, a guy that I've worked with a lot over the years but actually has never been on the show, which is actually crazy because he's absolutely one of the best in the business. But Larry Weir, the voice of the Eastern Washington Eagles, we'll talk Eastern, we'll talk Big Sky Conference, We'll talk about the primetime matchup between EWU and Montana State on Saturday. And then about 5.30, once the Grizz get wrapped up with practice, we're going to hear from our Grizz Star of the Week. This week, it's Marcus Wellnell. He's had an outstanding junior season. The Helena Capital product blocked a huge field goal this last week um, against um, Southern Utah to help preserve a 20-19 victory. Well, it's become like scheduled hangout time with your friends where you also just get to talk about sports. Uh, but it's fun, and I love doing it. We're down here at SWX Montana Television on a Tuesday night, and my good friend and colleague, Sean Rainey, the sports director here at SWX Montana, joining me here on Nuanas Now. I do this each Wednesday, although we are recording on a Tuesday night. we got to tell you that now. It's part of the uh, the rules, as it were. But this is working out good because this actually lets me have a little one-on-one time with Bobby Houck on Wednesdays as well because we kind of get this one knocked out and then roll with it all the way into the rest of our coverage for the week. So, Sean, Halloween weekend, how did you survive? You had a Grizz game and uh, living the dad life. You doing all right? Yeah, no, it was good, and, and we had the the World Series on Fox, so we kind of had to had to anchor all weekend. So it was uh, covering the Grizz game, run home, do some Halloween stuff, run back to the station, anchor, come in, tape the Grizzly Sports Report Sunday morning, run back home, do a bunch of Halloween stuff, run back to work. Um, you know, so it was a it was a busy weekend, and but now we're just uh, you know enjoying some election night pizza, and uh, us sports guys always just you know steal the. Steal the news pizza because, you know, we never get pizza for um, all of our crazy nights that we have. So we got to take advantage when we can. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, what's going on at SWX right now? You, you mentioned the Grizzly Sports Report. Tell people where they can find that. That's your once-a-week TV show where you got Bobby Houck on there and uh, various players and things like that as well. So uh, how could people watch that? Yeah, Wednesdays at 9.35 on Fox after our Fox Montana News at 9.00. And, I think it's um, it's the best answers that you're gonna get from Coach Houck, um on TV. Like he's just so he's so much different during that show than he is when the, all of the media is there. And he actually like says things and gives you good answers. You know, I I, I don't mean to make jokes about it, but. I, just, I often actually wonder if Bobby Houck is so old school that he doesn't understand that all of these things are connected. Yeah. Like. He, I don't know if he knows that like his press conference is live streamed. I guess what I'm getting at is Coach Halk rarely, if ever, says anything 
on Mondays at the press conference. Okay. But then on the Grizzly Sports Report, he's great. On the coaches show with Riley Corcoran, he's great. I get him for my Hauk highlights for five to six minutes every Wednesday. Awesome. <laughs> it's so funny. I think part of it is that Bobby Hauk really, really, um, he likes you to have some merit. If you've been around for a while, that's a good thing. Do you know what I mean? It, like, it doesn't matter who you are if you're a new guy on the or a new girl on the beat. He's going to give it to you a little bit. I, I also think that he thinks that, like, the opposing team of that week is, like, watching the live stream of the press conference, and then they don't see the other things. You know, I think he, like, thinks that right. they're going to listen to everything that is said in the press conference, and then that other stuff is going to be kind of, you know, passed through. Because, you know, my show airs on Wednesday, the, the coaches show, the radio ones on Wednesday. So I think he thinks that that other team is kind of doing their prep work on a Monday, and they're just like, you know, holding on to every word that he says, and so he doesn't want to give anything away. It's just like the... It's so funny, because it's all on the internet. The paranoia of college <laughs> coaches, you know, it's just, yeah. It's amazing. Like, what are you going to get out of a Monday press conference that's going to change the game? Yeah. I would argue nothing, in fact. Um, so let's, before we start in on uh, some college football talk... I know that uh, you're Mr. Fitness. You got in very good shape. I've been sharing uh, my my thoughts of the last couple of weeks here with uh, our listeners here because uh, I sort of got derailed from my love of the weight room, and uh, I'm actually fully committed to getting back into it. So I've been lifting for a couple of weeks, still doing the spin classes, whatever. But the lifting, man, it hurts. It hurts a little bit. Give me some suggestions because. You know, I lifted like a guy that wanted to play college football in my youth, and then I lifted like a guy who wanted to just look like Ronnie Coleman or something when we were in college, and then uh, it's not that functional when you become 34 years old. Give me some tips. Okay. Um, well, well, one, just go low weight in yeah, the beginning, weight, right. you know, and do a lot of stuff that is just like uh, like functioning stuff, like sure. stuff that you would, you know, like you don't need to like bench anymore and that kind of stuff, you know. But when you do, so like if you're gonna if you're gonna bench, just throw. This, this is what I like to do, and it's quick and it's easy. Throw like five tens on each side. Okay, mm-hmm. do as many as you can with the five tens. Rip them off, like and you can't stop. Have somebody spot you. Do as many as you can. Rip off a 10. Go, go, go. Rip off a 10. Go, go, go. And get all the way to the bar. Do the bar as many times as you can. And then get up and try to do one push-up. And then, bam, you're done with, with chest, you know, for that day. Like, you can just get it all done in, in your little burnout session. So just just go low weight and uh, just do a bunch of, like, push-ups and pull-ups and kind of, you know, ease into it. Body by Sean here on uh, Nuanas Now. Gotta love it. Um, Sean, I was talking about this the other day. We have been looking forward to this football season for a long time for a variety of reasons that we've talked about uh, a lot. Mostly, though, because I think that us around the state of Montana that have statewide platforms, we predicted and and almost knew that both Montana and Montana State would be very good simultaneously for the second full season in a row. They were both very good simultaneously in 2019, and uh, they were both very good now this year in 2021 again. And, you know, people always ask us always, like, who are you guys rooting for? We always root for the best story. I think that everybody in our business, if the rivalry game at the end of the year between the Bobcats and the Grizzlies was for the conference championship and for a top playoff seed, that's the ideal scenario for all of us. And then it doesn't matter who wins, it doesn't matter who loses. Everybody's great. We got a good playoff scenario coming up, all that stuff. But uh, even though Montana's number 10 in the country right now and Montana State's number four in the country right now, it's been a weird and exhausting month to talk about these teams 
on the Montana State side of things, they've just been so steady and non-volatile that there's very little to criticize. But also, it's hard to effusively praise them. They deserve a ton of praise for being on a seven-game winning streak and being number four in the country. But also, what does it really mean to beat Cal Poly in Northern Colorado and Idaho State and San Diego and Drake and, you know, a bunch of these teams that are nowhere even close to the top, uh, the playoff bracket, let alone, I mean, they're not even the top 100, let alone the top 25. So as remains to be seen, uh, two big tests in the next three weeks coming up for Montana State for sure. And on the Grizz side of things, I mean, they're finding ways to win, even though it's just excruciating to watch sometimes. I've never seen a team shoot themselves in the foot as much as they did on Saturday. So, I, mean, I don't know, are you feeling this fatigue? That, or where are you? I guess you don't have to analyze this as much as just cover it. So, it, But it is interesting to kind of find new storylines because on one hand, I want to give the Grizz all the credit in the world for being able to win when they have half their guys are out. But on the other hand, it's like, well, this doesn't look very good. They haven't scored a first half touchdown at home in a conference game. Like, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's... Well, I think the the exhausting part of it is trying to figure out, like, how much of it is the injuries? How much is it scheme-based? How much is it, you know, do they even have the dudes that when they're all healthy enough on offense to get it done. And it's, I think it's also like, it's hard when it's always, when it is just kind of one side, you know, it's not like you're going into the game and you're like, okay, we don't know if, you know, who's going to be better, the offense, the defense, the special teams, like pretty much every game we go into, you know that the defense is going to be fine. The special team is going to be great. And it's just whether or not the offense is going to be good or not, or, or man, uh, average or not. And so I think that part of it is what kind of gets exhausting when it's just like one glaring kind of weakness, you know? And it's just so rinse and repeat, too. I mean, Junior Bergen deserves so much credit for being tough and being put in this role and accepting it and doing pretty good at it. But also, just like the inside zone to the 5'8", 170-pound freshman, it just ain't it for me. There's just, yeah, there's not a lot of different dynamic runs. It's And I love power football. I love run games. I love inside zone. If you got an elite running back and an elite interior offensive lineman, Montana doesn't have that. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and you're not seeing a whole lot of different, you know, un, like going under center, play action, roll out. Like, you're just not seeing a lot of – it. just a lot of it looks kind of the same, you know. So it's yeah. it's kind of hard to – you know, get you know, not get impatient as a fan. It's also just so crazy. If we like just rewind to halftime in Cheney to what we like thought about the team, right? And then from that point on, it is just it's like two completely different seasons. It, I don't know if I've. I mean, we've had Grizz teams in the past that have you know shifted narratives and expectations in the middle of the season before, but I don't know of one like. I guess it's not super drastic if they are still, you know, top 10, but it just feels like a complete 180 shift mid-season, which is just kind of crazy to think about. I think that a big part of this is that Bobby Hawk specifically, but also a lot of guys on his staff, they're all old school, and they have never really had to they, – they've really been the position to play like a bunch of freshmen – it seems to me like they're banging their head against the wall a lot with a lot of the offensive game plan stuff only because they're just trying to maintain the same system. Like, it's something as simple as, this guy's a redshirt freshman, so maybe we should huddle. They're trying to not break that because they know that they need to learn it eventually, so they're trying to just do it trial by fire. 
it's just so weird to watch though because it, it's it's true. There's been so many Grizz teams that have had. I mean, th- this is the roller coaster always of the Grizz because they have the most interest, the biggest fan base, the most rabid fan base of anybody in the FCS really, and uh, or at least among anybody in the FCS. And uh, so there is always a little bit of ebb and flow, but. This it's so weird because it seems so unexplainable. Yet they, they still even like you would say Mont- that that October was a bad month for the Grizz, and yet they still won three games. It's just it's so interesting. It's so weird. Yeah, I mean, and they again like they could have beat Eastern right very easily. Could have beat Eastern. Totally. Grossman holds on to it. Like they they win that game. Um, I I think it's also because you mentioned the old school part, but I think. One thing that we don't take into account as much as I think that's affecting this team is just the week of practice. Because sure. and Coach Halk is talking about like I mean they go dude, they go hard at practice. Like I've had, there's there's you know players that are like kind of new to the program or freshmen and stuff. I get a lot of this from like Grady Bennett because he's got all the Glacier kids, you know. And like some of those young guys are like, wow, great. Like we go like it is hard. Like practice is like intense and a grind. And and then when you have a bunch of guys out and you can't really prepare the way that Bobby Houck would like to prepare, I think that is a byproduct, and you see that on the field on Saturdays. Like, just think about, I mean, early in the season, too, everybody's healthy, and so and the way that Montana plays, like, they just play so, you know, fast and physical and tough, and and it's all about, you know, effort and stuff. And so when you're fresh and and you're healthy, like, you're able to completely, like, just – out play, out hustle, out strength everybody, you know? But then once you start getting beat up and you're missing guys and you're nicked up and then like also like because of all these little these injuries everywhere, not only does it like are you out those guys, but then when you have other guys get nicked up, they feel like because you're already beaten and battered, they feel like they have to play instead of you know having the luxury of being like Okay, I'm probably questionable for this game. I, I could just sit out because we're good everywhere else. But they're probably thinking like, man, I got to get back in there because we don't have much. Like I think that like AJ Forbes is kind of banged up at center. Like he's oh. not moving around all that well. But they don't have anybody else. Yeah, and so like he, I mean, he was like struggling. Like he was not moving very well in the second half of that game last week. But like he's probably thinking like, well, we've had two linemen retire or you know or you know quit the team and. So that's, you know, two backup guards. So if Moses Mallory has to come in for me, and then we're going, you know, we're just, we don't have a lot of guys, so I, I got to toughen this out. Even though, I mean, if you're if you're banged up and you're only playing at 75%, that it might be better if you just sat, you know. So I just think there's like a, just a trickle-down effect when it comes to that. Juan is now ESPN Radio. Coming to you from the SWX Montana studios, Sean Rainey from SWX Montana. Joining me, Coulter Nuanas here on a Tuesday night. You're listening to this on a Wednesday. Let's talk about the uh, primetime matchup here. The the top matchup not only in the conference but in the country this week at the FCS level. Number four, Montana State heading to number five, Eastern Washington. Again, the Cats haven't been tested, but they've also been lights out. They've only given up nine touchdowns in eight games. They're giving up ten points per game. Um, their pass rush is outstanding. Their run defense is outstanding. They lead the conference and the country in turnover margin. I think they have second most takeaways in the country. Uh, so the defense, by all statistical, statistical measures, has been pretty damn good. 
Uh, and then on the other side, the run game, once again, I mean, they're leading the league in rushing for the third straight year. So uh, that's a tried and true formula at MSU as well. But then on the other side, Eastern Washington, one of the most special players in the league, and Eric Berrier, and uh, a offense that's putting up 52 a game, throwing for 420 through the air. And my test State's starting a couple young guys at corner, and they have not been tested. So I'll save my uh, primary and key matchups in this one for a little later. But tell me, what do you think of this game? I think it comes down in the exact same way that it was for Grizz versus Eastern. I think it's going to come down to to Montana State's offense being able to consistently move the ball and and just be able to make enough enough plays. Because I think Montana State, just like Montana's defense, they're going to go to Eastern. They're going to you know make some plays. Eastern's going to make some plays. Like you're not going to hold that kind of an offense down. But but you're also a really good defense, and you're going to make plays. And that's what we saw with Montana. But Eastern had what ten going into the fourth quarter. Right. Um, so Montana got a lot of stops in that game, and they and. Their defense played well enough for them to win that game. It was their offense that lost them the game. And to me, that's kind of it's going to be the same formula with Montana State. They're going to need you know Isaiah Fonse to have a great game. They're going to need you know to control the the time of possession and just be able to consistently move the ball on offense. It's the teams that struggle against Eastern are where Eastern scores a touchdown and then you have a three and out and then they get the ball right back and they're and they have all the momentum. You know, so you just need an offense that. You know, can uh, can go on a you know five six minute drive and consistently move the football. And to me, like that's the biggest difference between Montana State and Montana right now is both of them. When you kind of like break it down from a, a broad spectrum, blue collar teams, defensive minded. But what plays well with that on the offensive side of the ball, and that's being able to run the ball and, and kind of bully you, and, and Montana State has that identity, and Montana does not have an identity on offense. Otherwise, I feel like they're they're similar teams, but Montana State has that edge on offense just because they know who they are and, and they're able to execute what they want to do. It's absolutely true. I think that that's what it comes down to. I think can, can the cat corners hang, like you said, they ain't stopping Eastern. You can't stop them. They're going to take 15, 20 deep shots down the field. Can you let them catch four or less? That's kind of the goal. I think the Grizz gave up like six plays like that. But even then, the Grizz were smashing these Eric Berrier when he's making those throws. The Cats are going to get pressure on Berrier for sure. That's where Troy Anderson comes in this thing. So I do think that he provides such a, a great spy while roaming the middle of the field. So Berrier, you can keep him in the pocket a little more. Is Chase Benson healthy? The star defensive tackle. Is Callahan O'Reilly healthy? A standout inside linebacker. We'll see. I think that Montana State's safeties are very, very good. That gives them an advantage uh, in the secondary. But their corners, I mean, Simeon Woodard, Eric Zambrano, Lavelle Price Jr., like these guys are largely untested. And Montana State has not played a team that's thrown the ball whatsoever. Yeah, but I mean, in a college football game with all the possessions and how long they are, like Eastern's, you know, they're – they're at least probably going to score four touchdowns. Like, sure, right. You know what I mean? When you average, what, seven touchdowns, like eight yeah. touchdowns a game? Yeah, you're going to score four. Yeah, so like to me, like they're going to make, they're going to score, you know, anywhere from 27 to 35. Sure. If, if I mean, obviously more if it goes off the rails. But like, they're going to score somewhere in that range, I think. Even if Montana State, you know, like unless Montana State like has an A-plus game. You know they're gonna they could hold Eastern in the low twenties in my opinion, but even if they play solid and play really well, it's gonna be somewhere in the you know twenty five to thirty five range. 
So to me, it's just their offense. If, if Vonse can run the ball well and and they can score 30, then they're going to they're gonna have a chance. Like, that's to me is what it's going to come down to. Um, and I think it's, for them, I think it's a, it's a good matchup um, for them on offense. And also, it's just, it'll be interesting to see how aggressive they are. I mean, we saw Weber State. I mean, they're faking punts and doing everything that they, they had to. And they were the aggressors. Montana played it a little bit more conservative with a lead. And so it's going to be curious to see how, from a coaching perspective, how Coach Vegan, you know, is aggressive against that offense. You know, it's kind of like the, not this year of the of the Chiefs, but you used to see like, okay, we're not going to punt with, with, with Mahomes because we know that they're going to go down and score. So like you're, you're more aggressive against teams like that. So I'm kind of curious to see if, you know, how, how aggressive Montana State is how much, like, do they, especially with the bye week, do they have some uh, some special stuff, you know, that they can kind of throw out there to kind of, you know, steal a possession or two like Weber State did? So that's going to be pretty fascinating. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television, joining me, Coulter Nuanez here on Nuanez Now. And, uh, Sean, I was uh, texting with Sam Herter from Hero Sports earlier today. He had his, he does like a couple, every couple weeks, um, playoff projection yeah. bracket. And it was interesting because he had um, Montana State, Eastern Washington, Montana, all as at-large teams in the playoffs. And then um, he had Weber State as a team, that the very first team right on the bubble uh, as an at-large team. And he had Sacramento State as the automatic qualifier of the big sky because Sac State has the easiest road. They already are 4-0, and they have the, the least tough games remaining here. But in his seeds, he had the winner of the Bobcat-Grizzly game as a seed and then potentially Eastern Washington as a sort of right, right outside that seeded group as well and not Sac State. That in itself, in a nutshell, is the calamity that is Big Sky Conference scheduling, right? You can have an undefeated league champion that gets a lower seed than three teams that finish behind it because they don't play two of those teams. I mean, that's what we've all been complaining about God. with the Big Sky, you know, for a long time. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. And, I mean, this we talked about it, you know, in the, in the preseason. Like, I think I had, I think I put Sac State, like, pretty high in my Big Sky. I had them, like, fourth because of their schedule. Yeah. So, like, and that was with, you know. Kind of, I, 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 had it, I had it penciled out that they were going to go 6-2 and two in league with losses at Montana and at UC Davis. Yeah. They got one at Montana. They still could lose to UC Davis, still be 7-1 and, and outright Big Sky champs. UC Davis is confusing to me. I don't. They're so confusing. They're confusing because they have an offensive head coach who wanted to have an offensive identity, and they had an offensive identity until their quarterback got hurt. But they've pivoted to then be a defensive team. Like they're they're giving up less points per game than Montana, which you just never would think that's even in the realm of possibilities. Just given the schools, let alone the coaches. But uh, you're right. They are sort of confusing because. They're not, like, spectacular. They barely won last week against Cal Poly, but they won. Yeah. But, like, man, Cal Poly is not good. You know, so if, if you're uh, if you're battling out with Cal Poly, like, that's not a good sign. Although, Southern Utah's not good. And Montana, exactly. So it's just like, I mean, Northern Arizona scored 59 on Southern Utah, and then Montana scored 20. Yeah. Yep. It's, <laughs> I mean, Montana has, a, has that case of, like, they just play to whatever their level of competition is. Why? Is it because they're young? I don't. I don't know. I don't either. It's, they didn't have that case where they were the, the first month of the season. It seemed like they didn't have that though. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I think it's just I think the injuries kind of pile up, and I, I just I don't know. That's that's the it, you just don't know because like their offense like didn't look that bad like in the, like in the spring and like early on in the season. Like if you think their defense is that good, then the offense looked way better during all of the time that we watched them yeah. practice against each other than they do now. That's what's so perplexing is you saw. Like, Cam Humphrey made a ton of throws during fall camp where you were like, damn, their offense is good. And that's why it's hard to, like, not go back to some of the the coaching and the play calling because it's like, man, I mean, at some point, like, you're going to have to make some adjustments because obviously there's something that other teams are seeing that are that is, you know, leading to, you know, success for them. And I know, like, you could turn to the fluky turnovers and blah, 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 but, like, it's still, it just, it never looks like they're, in control doing whatever they want on offense, you know? And so... It looks like they're in control of the game hardly at all, even though they should be given how ferocious their defense is and can be. Yeah. And so... And, and their offense is oftentimes, you know, leave it, you know, putting setting up their defense in, in tough spots. Um, so this game, this game in Northern Colorado could get could be pretty ugly. Like, it, this thing could be like... Well, it's absolutely going to be ugly because Northern Colorado wants to make it ugly. Northern Colorado has three wins this year. Each one they scored 17 points in. That's crazy in college football. I mean, it could be like another, you know, first one to 20 type of thing. Like, I don't know. Like, it, it, it could get ugly like the Southern Utah game. So it's going to be interesting to see if Montana could can get some explosive plays. Um and, and just get some guys back. I mean, it was cool seeing Nick Oswell back, and then, bam, he gets hurt again and is out. Cam Humphrey comes back, bam, he's out again. Um, so, you know, hopefully we get Xavier Harris, I think, is supposed to be coming back at some point, but they're just uh, they're hurting, man. And so it's going to be these road games. A lot of people in the beginning of the season, midway through the season, just had these had Northern Colorado, NAU penciled in as guaranteed wins. I don't think so. Like, I, it's gonna be. I mean, we just saw Sac State almost lose to Northern Colorado. So I think it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be a, a game in which um, you're gonna want to have many guys on your fantasy squad because I think it's just gonna be kind of an ugly one. No, you don't want Montana guys on your fantasy squad <laughs> if you have a college football fantasy squad. Not at all. Uh, last question for you then: uh, Is college game day coming to Missoula? So I have told myself. That it's a win either way for okay. for me selfishly. Sure. Because obviously, if game day came here, it would be awesome. Yes. But I'm also like kind of already getting stressed out about how crazy that weekend would be and how much like just more work and how much insane it is going to be, especially if Sentinel hosts the AA championship the night before. So because normally, like when when game day comes, um, you know, when talking to people in in our business that have, um, when they've gone to that market, like they do, you know, media availability the day before, you know, on Friday and you can like, you interview the guys and then we'd have like the state championship game and like all the brawl prep and then be getting up probably at like four in the morning and having to like cover like that whole morning stuff. And then the game, I'm already like, I should go buy a six pack of Red Bull now and just save it. (laughs) Um, so no, but obviously if it comes, it would be super cool, super cool for the fans. And, uh, and really awesome. I would give it a, I don't know, let's go 25% chance. Yeah, I, I said it's it's relatively sort of could happen. That's a, I, I said that too. I was talking to Alex Eshelman earlier uh, today, scheduling our interview for the week. And uh, I said there's there's a, 
above average, but not like significant chance that it comes. We'll see. Uh, it would be very cool though if it did. I think what the, the biggest thing is like people just were like, oh, they would never come here. The game, like, it doesn't matter. Like, whatever. But I guarantee, like the the atmosphere and the actual show would be amazing in Missoula. Like, it would be it'd be really really cool. Well, it's so it's so much more beautiful than almost anywhere they could go. I mean, it's one of the most beautiful places on the earth. Yeah, and it's it's unique. Like, they, there's there's a lot of selling points to them coming here. That and it's not all about the game, you know, which a lot of people think, you know. And so I think I think that is is what makes you think like yeah there's a real possibility because it would look really really good they'd be able to do a lot of different things that they don't normally do and uh you know they're they're still going to talk 90 percent about of the time about the fbs schools and everything like they're just going to be doing it at a cool setting where it's going to be cold and like in a different place and they're gonna i'm sure you know just do the whole like oh we're in montana thing you know so like there's a lot of selling points to it He's Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television. This is our little Tuesday night debriefing. You're listening here on a Wednesday. Thanks for being here, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. The whole little we're in Montana thing. <laughs> it's so funny because it's true, man. Everybody always does this. They think we're just a bunch of hicks in the sticks. They don't realize that we're living in this booming metropolis that is Missoula, Montana. Welcome back to Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Speaking of one of the uh, most iconic parts of Missoula, Lady Grizz basketball back in action on Friday night. We got some tickets for you. What do you got to do to win them? Just call us, 406-888-1029. We got some tickets to Lady Grizz basketball game this weekend. Call us right now. You want to go to Lady Grizz game, we got you covered. Car number one, just the first car. We got them for you, 888-1029. That's 888-1029. Thanks to Lady Grizz basketball for their continued promotion and uh, continued ticket giveaway. Keep it right here. Nuanas now. Brett Vegan, Montana State head coach from the football side of things, will join us here for our Montana State Minute. It's ESPN Radio. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Dynasties continued rolling across the soccer landscape of the Treasure State as four state championships were claimed this last weekend. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. In the Class AA Boys State title game at Fort Missoula, Hellgate got a goal from senior Marcus Anderson in the final minute of the second extra time period to lift the Knights to a 1-0 victory over Kalispell Glacier to earn its third straight Class AA title. The championship is Hellgate's seventh title since 2011. In AA girls action, Billings West finished off its unbeaten 2021 season with a 1-0 win over Bozeman Gallatin for the second title in three years for the Golden Bears. In Class A boys, the state title match featuring the Whitefish Bulldog finishing off one of the great runs in the history of the state of Montana. Columbia Falls had a penalty kick to tie the game with no time remaining, but Whitefish keeper Will Petmeyer made a save to secure the 3-2 victory. Whitefish's fourth straight state title means that the Bulldogs have not lost a match since the 2017 state title match against Belgrade. In the girls' Class A state title match, the Laurel Locomotives kept chugging. The dynasty of the division posted a 2-0 
a win over rival Billing Central to claim its third straight state title and fourth in five seasons. Laurel has played in nine consecutive Class A state title games. And finally, Belgrade head football coach Eric Kinneman has resigned after 15 seasons at the helm with the Panthers. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. What up, what up? Nuana's now rolls on. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuana's. Coming to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Thanks so much for kicking with us here on a Wednesday. I think we're going to change the order up a little bit because I think I accidentally <laughs> rolled in the wrong bit. So we're going to hear from Mick Morris, who's a little Hellgate head coach here, uh, in just a moment. And then we'll get... Finished with hour number one with Brett Vegan. I think I accidentally uploaded his press conference from uh, earlier this week instead of the one-on-one I did with him. So don't need you to listen to a 27-minute long press conference. In fact, we're just going to have a little more truncated version of uh, that and uh, a little one-on-one with Coach Vegan. But first, we caught up with Mick Morris, the head coach of the Hellgate Knights. Welcome in. Garden City Spotlight Redux, a little season recap here. We're joined now this week by Mick Morris, the head coach of the Hellgate Knights, and his team fell just short of a playoff berth. Uh, Two wins this year for Hellgate, uh, a team that fought hard throughout the year. So, Coach, we appreciate you taking so much time throughout the year, and uh, how you doing? I'm doing well. You know, I appreciate you guys obviously having me on every week and uh, covering the Knights, uh, how you guys do, and we certainly appreciate it. Well, let's start with just a broad question. This has been yeah. a rebuild at Hellgate for a little while now, and uh, I know that it's uphill sledding because of a variety of different factors. What did you think of just this season broadly? You guys had some close calls in some games. You also had a couple big victories where you scored a bunch of points, and it seems like you got some talented athletes within the program, including a couple of guys that maybe are back next year as well. So just broadly, how would you sum up this season at Hellgate? Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a fun season. I mean, it was such a good group of kids to coach. Um you know, it's not every day that um, you have, you know, not only some, some pretty good athletes, but they're, they're great individual people, too. Um, I've never coached a football team where we really didn't have a kid miss practice all year. Um, our kids all have great grades. I don't know what our collective GPA is, but it's pretty high. But um, it was just a fun year to coach. And, you know, we ended up at, at two and six, but we were, I think, 11, 11 points away from being, you know, five and three. So, you know, those ones are kind of hard because you kind of look back and, boy, if a, a ball bounced this way or that way, um, you know, who knows where we'd be right now. But, um, you know, we had a good time this year and um, proud of the way our kids battled. You know, it's always uh, we're never going to have the most kids, but, um, you know, we certainly uh, battled till the end, that's for sure. Coach Andrew Houghton here is great talking to you every week this, this season. I just wanted to ask, I mean, we've talked about the close games a lot. You just brought them up again, a, a, a bunch of close losses that could have gone either way. What was the biggest thing you learned about your program in those games? Well, I think for us, you know, in years past, we, we would have maybe, you know, two or three games where we where we knew we could maybe get a win. And, and honestly, like the other 
six games we're, we're probably going to be blowouts on the on the wrong side of it um you know the thing about us this year was we, we it was fun to be in every game um you know minus a couple you know we we kind of came out of COVID protocol and had had one practice before we played Helen High. So, you know, they're a really good football team. They're going to be playing here, you know, this week and maybe maybe another another couple weeks. But um, other than that, you know, every game we, we were in and competitive till the end. So, you know, it's a testament to our kids and it's really a testament to our coaches. And, you know, it's unfortunate we just weren't able to kind of hang on on a few of those games. When you guys did have success, it usually was because of prolific passing game and uh, some big offensive numbers. So, two-part question, what has made you interested in going that route in terms of that's the offensive identity you want to have? And what did you think of some of your personnel and the way those guys were able to execute and, and score some big points, totals, like, especially like you did against Flathead when he scored 62? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think that it's if you can throw the football, it's kind of a great equalizer, in my opinion. Um you know, to be able to successfully run the football, you sometimes got to have some guys. You know, you got to have some size up front. You got to have some running backs. Uh, you got to be able to move guys vertically, and and we don't really have that right now. And if we do, it's, it's one or two guys, not collectively as a as a program. And so, for us, it's just a matter of you know how can we score points on teams when we can't move guys vertically? Well, let's spread them out and and try to move the ball vertically through the air. And uh, we. We're lucky enough to kind of get it going a little bit with when we had Raleigh Wooster at quarterback. You know, he played for us for three years, but you know, he was such a tank that he'd go get yards on his own too. And then we had a, a transfer in uh, last year, Dante Mayuri, that could that could really spin it. And so we kind of moved towards that. And to be honest, we didn't really know what we were going to have with Connor Dick. We knew he was going to be a phenomenal athlete, but we didn't know how good he was going to be throwing the football. And man, if you could look from the beginning of the year to where he ended up, he became really, really good at, at not only uh just being an athlete back there but being a quarterback and you know when you got guys like ian finch and leo filardi and sam swain and jake sweatland to throw to and you got some big linemen up front like tommy nelson and lane cooney um you know it really you know kind of it was something that we maybe thought we could do but that really turned into a strength of ours well, you mentioned Connor Dick, and uh, we were down at SWX Montana Television the other week. I was. Uh, by the way, Mick Morris, Missoula Hellgate head coach, joining us here on Nuanas Now. And uh, we were looking at some uh, of the, the highlights of, of Connor Dick, and, and you could tell he really has grown. He, like you said, he's a phenomenal athlete, but what's next for him? What, what do you hope he adds to his skill set or develops uh, just in terms of playing the quarterback position? You know, I think it's a lot of it's just mechanics and a lot of it's footwork and um, working on those things and then just decision-making, um, you know, he ended up, you know, he led the state in passing touchdowns, but he also led the state in interceptions. I think he had 13 interceptions on the year. And I think eight or nine of them were on first down and that's just him maybe trying to do too much. So I think those are part of it. And then, like I said, at the beginning, just a lot of his footwork and mechanics and kind of learning to throw the football since he really wasn't able to last year with his injuries. So, um, man, I, I don't know. The sky's kind of the limit when you're, when you're, you know, six five and you know, 190, 200 pounds, and you can move as well as he can, um, I, I, I don't know what the limit is to be honest with you, Coulter, but he's he's definitely got a pretty high ceiling, that's for sure. Coach, just to follow up on that a little bit, I mean, you've got your quarterback coming back next year. Who else is coming back next year? I mean, what's this team going to look like a year from now? Yeah, you know, we 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 lose some studs. I I, I don't know how else to say that. Um, you know, you lose a, an Ian Finch who's 
going to be playing on Saturdays. Um, he's as good as there is in, in all of Montana. Had a 1,000-yard season. I think he had 15 touchdowns. That's hard to replace. You know, Jake Swetland at the at the running back position who, you know, did a lot of – I mean, he was instrumental in a lot of the things we did, um, blocking and, and catching the ball in the backfield. And then two linemen uh, on offense, Tommy and Lane. But, you know, after that, you know, we bring back seven guys. And you know, we bring back three starting linemen, another five linemen that um, really saw significant time. You know, you bring back your quarterback, and then we bring back the majority of our receivers. So – you know, for us, we, we lose some kind of blue chip dudes, but you know, I feel like our, our depth's pretty good in that regard. So, you know, hopefully we can continue building on what we did this year and, and continue to put up numbers on the board next year. Well, you mentioned Ian Finch. I know him and Tommy Nielsen both uh, got some interest and got a little uh, recruiting going on with the University of Montana. So, um, as much as you can, I don't know if that's a, if there's rules for this or not. I know college guys can't talk about potential <laughs> prospects, but I'm sure high school guys can. But even if you can't talk about the specifics, Coach, what do you think makes those two guys uh, potentially Division One caliber players? Well, I, I think with with Tommy, it's his. You know, he's got a good combination. He's got great size. He's a 4.0 student, and he wants it. Um, he works his butt off and the transformation he's made, especially in the last couple of years of just kind of deciding, you know what, I kind of want to go play football uh, has really come a long ways. And he's, he's such a smart kid. And so, you know, I think for him, it's just going to, you know, that's, that's a heck of a jump going from, you know, six, four, two fifty, Then that next year, he's going to have to be six, four, 300. So I think for him, you know, and just living in the weight room and, and he's got a great work ethic and he loves it. Um, it's really, you know, as you guys know, it's, it's hard as a lineman to kind of make that jump. Uh, but, they, you know, it doesn't matter if you're playing for the Cats, the Grizz, you're playing Frontier, that's kind of what's required. Um, you know, Ian, on the other hand, um, Ian's, Ian's kind of been a stud from, I mean, he played as a, as a freshman for us, caught touchdowns as a freshman. Um, you know, when you kind of look at the Montana record book, he's going to be in the top five and quite a few of those statistical categories. I think what makes him special is he can just catch the football and he's got great size, you know, six threes, about 205 pounds. Um, got a great frame. Uh, I think he runs better than, than people think, but you know, he's just, he's got a unique ability of, of playing the football in the air and being able to come down with it. And, you know, I think anytime that you can do that, you're going to have a chance to play next year. Um, you know, sometimes guys rely on their speed to get open or, rely on different things. I, I think he's just got that combination. You know, I look at somebody like a, like a Mitch Roberts from, you know, playing for the Grizz right now, very similar, you know, just a good size, great athlete can catch the football. So, you know, I think the, the future is definitely really bright for both of them. I think, you know, Ian in particular has a, I think a, a chance of playing, playing early. Mick Morris joining us, Missoula Hellgate head football coach, recapping the Knights 2021 fall campaign. And coach, last thing for you, then how would you just evaluate the status of Hellgate's program right now? What are the main goals for the Knights moving forward in the off season and then uh, wrapping around into next year? Well, I, I think we're progressing, right? And I hate to think of, we're, we're still rebuilding. You know, we, we were well into that process. And I, I think we're, you know, like I said earlier, we're, we're get, getting competitive and on a weekly basis. I think for us, it's just trying to, get a little stronger, get a little bit more depth, and then, you know, find a way to, to win those close games, which we were unable to do this year, and, and hopefully uh, have an opportunity next year to play in November. Well, that's all you need. Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much for stopping by each week. Always fun to have you on, and best of luck with the offseason and everything moving forward. Hope to run into you around town between now and then, but in the meantime, be well. 
Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. There you go, McMorris, Garden City Spotlight, part one of the week. Hellgate, Big Sky, both finished for the season. Missoula Sentinel, they host a semifinal playoff game on Saturday, excuse me, on Friday night uh, against Great Falls High. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio. Montana State Head Coach Brent Vegan right after this. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Never got no money, but I'm running from the gummer. Is it for the corporate? No money, drunk, I'm on the road. Killing the moonlight with daylight. I got my x ray eyes and I'm feeling so fine. Now I'm running, all night running. Stop, started, not following. We're running. What up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. I'm Coulter Nuanas, coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Northwest Motorsport has the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. You can find them online at nwmsrocks.com or you can visit them here in the city of Missoula at the corner of Stevens and Mount. Time now for our Montana State Minute. Time now for the Montana State Minute. And this week in the Montana State Minute, we are joined by Montana State first-year head football coach, Brent Vegan. Usually it's Alex Elsherman. She does a great job for us here on the Montana State Minute. But it is the game not only in the Big Sky Conference, but the game around the FCS. Number four, Montana State playing at number five, Eastern Washington. Coach, I know that uh, this is what you play for. Your thoughts just going into this top five showdown in Cheney on Saturday. Well, I, I'm sure as we looked at the, the schedule and we had this bye heading in, this is probably a spot we both hope to be. Um, you know, rankings aside, I think just, uh, you know, having a chance to come off the bye and play a really good team um, and have a lot on, on the line. And, you know, that's what you want in November. You want these games to matter. And, you know, that's what's in front of us. Um, you know, Eastern's as explosive as offense there is in all the FCS. And, you know, we're going to have to play really well. Um, they, they've come a long ways, I think, on defense over the years, and, and, and you know, it's going to be a it's going to be a great challenge for us. But I think our guys are, you know, preparing and, and ready to take it on. Well, I know you talked about this at your press conference a little bit, but Eric Berrier, who is, in my mind at least, the leading candidate right now for the Walter Payton Award and the Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Year. I know there's a lot of guys in the mix, but he's been fabulous for Eastern Washington. Um, but you broke it down so well, Coach. He does things well in the quick game. He can extend plays on the perimeter. But to me, I think when he stands in the pocket and throw the, throws the ball down the field, that is perhaps when he is at his most dangerous. That also seems like perhaps one of the hardest parts of game planning for him. So how do you game plan for Eric Berry and what sort of things can you do, especially when he does just stand in there and throw a 50-yard bomb down the field? Well, I, we got to do things to make make him uncomfortable and that's challenging you know because he does so many things I don't know where he, where he draw that line to figure out where he's 
uncomfortable. You know, the, the plays he go he, he makes going to his right, going to his left, standing in there and, and taking shots. But you know, in our our own way, we have to we have to play our our brand of defense. Uh, we certainly got to cover them on the back end and, and can't let them get behind us. Um, and then we got to do everything we can to to get some pressure on him and you know push the pocket, uh, but at the same time be able to to contain him. I, I know that's that's a tall task that um, you know not that many people have been able to to do. I mean, is to slow him down. And I think it's a deal where going in, we got to understand he's going to make some plays. I think that's just the nature of it. Um, but we got to limit those those big plays, um, those those plays where uh, you know. We're not on our task, not on our assignment. I mean, those are the things that can't happen in this game. Um, we got to play with tremendous effort. And we got to, you know, ultimately be able to tackle well. You know, whether that's tackling him or tackling those receivers after they make some of those catches. Brent Vegan joining us, the Montana State Minute here on Nuanez Now. Do this each Wednesday here on ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. And coach, you mentioned the assignments particularly important on the back end, and I think that some of your young corners have been awesome this year. Uh, this will certainly be their biggest test so far this year, though. So what do you hope their mentality is coming to this game, and how do you think that matchup might play out? Well, I, I think we got a competitive bunch. Um, you know, I, I think those guys want to uh, want to be challenged. And, and, you know, like you just said, this game will challenge them more than any other this year. I, I think what Eastern can throw at you from a size and, and speed, speed perspective is – is different than anyone we've seen, I believe, all season. And, you know, they're certainly going to give those guys opportunities to make plays on, you know, 50-50 balls as much as they possibly can. So, you know, I, I think for us, and you know, any, any one of our games, um, you know, it's it's been a blend of coverage. It's it's not always putting our corners on islands. Um, it's protecting them at times, but then asking them to step up at times as well. So, you know, um Challenge them. Um, challenge our guys to to play their their very best. I think that's what we got to ask. And I think you know we'll be deeper at corner than we've been in a little while. I do think that helps. Um, you know, and I think we got guys that are they're experienced and 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 want want to be challenged. So uh, you know, you you throw them out there and see how they can do. I know that's the plan. That's the plan for us. Because of uh, the delays and all these different things that have happened over the last couple of years. It's been a little while since Montana State Eastern Washington squared off, and I know that this group of guys, particularly your veteran group, your, your guys that are seniors, uh, they haven't beat Eastern Washington in a little while. I actually don't know if the senior class has beat Eastern in their careers. So uh, it, it seems, though, they, they took care of business at Weber already. I mean, do you think about that sort of stuff for those guys, or how do you hope those guys that maybe uh, maybe one of the last feathers in their caps as Bobcats is, is taking down EWU, how do you hope those guys maybe mentally prepare for this game? Well, I, I think I think our guys um... – I've really tried to live in the moment all, all year um, and, and the moment happens to be Eastern. I, I think there's a lot of respect that, that our guys have for their program. Um, and, and I know I do as well. Our coaching staff does. So, you know, I, I think more than anything, it's the next, it's the next game up. I don't think our guys are thinking about past history and, and how Montana state's fared against them. I think it's just about what can we do um, to continue to take care of business in the here and now and understand that they have a really good team and this is a this is a tremendous challenge for us and you know i think uh it's going to take a complete team effort you know we're going to have to do what we have to do on defense but offensively you know we're going to have to play well and on special teams we're going to have to have an edge 
Brent Vegan joining us here on the Montana State Minute. We do this each Wednesday here on ESPN Radio. He is Montana State's head football coach, MSU, heading to Cheney to take on Eastern Washington on Saturday afternoon. And, Coach, I know from your time at North Dakota State, you know how consistency within a program, consistent identity within a program can help breed and also accentuate success. Eastern, I mean, geez, I've been covering these guys for 15 years, and they've had multiple head coaches, and they still look the same in terms of throwing the ball down the field and and just piling up points like they do, being really fast on defense. So uh, how does consistency and a consistent identity help just a program in general? Well, I think what it does for you is you can go out and play your game every week. Now you make some some subtle tweaks, you game plan for an opponent, but you're not trying to reinvent yourself every week and I think you have schemes um, on both sides of the ball and then you include special teams that your guys trust and believe in and they, they know how to do you know the things asked within those schemes um, as fast as possible you know I think that's ultimately what the you know consistency breeds and you know I think it also helps that um, you know from a recruiting perspective you can recruit to a, a product that's tried and true over time you know I, I think that's what they've been able to do it's apparent especially with the skill players you know I haven't faced them since 2010 but you know the same ingredients are there uh, from that team that went on to win a championship that year and um, you know that's like you said is is been held up through a couple coaches and a lot of different players obviously and that's that's what we're trying to achieve here um, a consistent model a winning model that uh, from year to year the players might change a little bit uh, the coaches might change from here and there but you know we we continue to play a winning brand of football because our guys know exactly what they're doing and how to do it I want to ask you about Isaiah Fonsix I know we talked a lot in the preseason and then early in the season too about you know maintaining his health and durability and it seems like both of those things have occurred and now here he is one of the leading rushers in the country so how's he been able to do it and how you guys been able to uh, keep him fresh like you have all season long well i think some of that goes to isaiah and his his preparation um you know he's one of our guys certainly that that probably benefited from not not playing any football games in 2020 he had a lot of um wear and tear those first couple years of his career and um, you know, he was able to get stronger. I, and I think from a strength perspective, um, I think that's really helped on the, in, on the injury prevention side of things. You know, and I, it was a conscious effort um, that, that we weren't going to wear him out. Now, he's had, I think, one game with 30-plus carries, but those carries have been able to be spread out a little bit more um, through the first eight games because that was the plan. And, and you know, here we sit uh, with eight games, a bye week, and, and I think he's uh, in pretty good shape, you know, to really uh, be what we need to, him to be down the stretch, um, you know, because he's, he's definitely, um, from a playmaker perspective, at the top of the list when you look at our offense, and, and we'll need him to go in these games as we, we get in November. And, um, you, you know, he's... He's one of the best, uh, I believe, in, in all of this level. And, and you know, uh, we're going to need to have him be at his best uh, if we want to do the things we're, we want to do. Well, I know that Eastern Washington's offense gets a ton of headlines, uh, but I've always thought their defense is underrated. I watched them live once this year, thought they were super fast, and, and a couple guys were really, really physical, particularly number eight, Jack Sendelbach, and uh, number four, Kalen Kreiner. So do you see those guys pop out on film, and, and what do you think of just sort of the, the, the speedy and explosive nature of their defense? They might not be, you know, like a lot of the stalwart defenses like Weber State, but it seems like they can force takeaways and they can really run. Yeah, I think that's – you hit on the head there. It's, it, they're a fast defense, and they, and they don't, they don't uh, 
do a ton schematically, but what they do, they do uh, they do well. They do fast. They disrupt up front. Um, you know, they're not overly big up front, but they're they're very disruptive. Um, and I think in particular from the inside with with Jerome and Davis, and you know, they play play, punch, play a bunch of guys in there. Um, so we're we're gonna and, you know, it starts there for us. You know, our ability to to be effective on the inside, and then. You know, we got to do a do a great job on the perimeter, um, whether that's our, our perimeter blocking or then our, our ability to make plays in the passing game on the perimeter. And you know, I think we match up um, well enough, but it's not like uh, you know, you know, we're looking past these guys as far as their defense goes. This is not just an offensive team; it's a team that has grown defensively. And, and you know, I think there's a, a fair understanding of who they are and what they want to do. Last thing for you then, Coach, it's November 1st as we talk here today. Amazing that we're already into November, but uh, last month of the regular season, what do you think when the calendar turns to November and how has the urgency increased for you and your guys? Well, you want to be positioned well going into November. I think that's the first thing, and we've done the things necessary to get us to that point. Now, what do we do with it? And, you know, you can think all you want uh, about what should happen, what you want to happen in December, but it doesn't happen without a – um, a good November, and, and a good November is obviously winning football games. It's continuing to get better as a football team, um, and that's what we that's what we aim to do. And, and we got a we got a challenging schedule through this month, and and, and this one in front of us, um, you know, it is obviously a, a huge huge opportunity for us. But you know, that's the biggest thing is just you know we can't uh, let our sights get beyond where, where we're at right now. Let's let's live in the moment. Let's let's take this one on and. And, and give give them our best shot, play good football. And I think we'll like how that turns out. I, I, I think, you know, this is a, a, a football team that we have that's, um, that's capable of doing some things. And, and, you know, one of the things we can't do is overlook anyone, and I, we certainly won't, aren't doing that with Eastern. They got our full attention, and you know, I know guys are excited to get out there and play on Saturday. Montana State Minute, special edition with Brent Fegan, his number four-ranked Montana State Bobcats head to the Inferno to take on Eastern Washington Saturday afternoon in Cheney. Coach, we appreciate the time today. Thanks so much for being with us. Good luck on Saturday. All right, appreciate it, Colter. Go Cats. So here you go, Montana State Minute. Montana State head coach Brent Vegan, his team at Eastern Washington Saturday. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. Speaking of Eastern Washington, the voice of the Eagles, Larry Weir, will join us here live for our ESPN Roundtable. Keep it right here. 102.9 FM, ESPN Missoula. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. 
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.